0: The Boost Podcast is sponsored in part by Reveal Wealth. Let the professionals at Reveal Wealth assist you on your financial journey. From individual financial planning, family financial planning, business planning, insurance planning, and more, Reveal Wealth's holistic approach gives you the freedom to take control of your financial security. No matter your age or stage in life, the professionals at Reveal Wealth are ready to assist. Contact them now for a free initial consultation. Go to WeRevealWealth.com. That's WeRevealWealth.com. Or call 410-928-8081. Take control of your financial security by allowing Reveal Wealth to serve you. WeRevealWealth.com. That's WeRevealWealth.com. Or call 410-928-8081. And tell them you heard about them on the Boost Podcast. Welcome to the Boost Podcast with Kelly Leonard, the podcast providing you with immediate access to tools, tips, and tactics to boost your business and career success. Build your brand, optimize relationships, obtain more leads, secure thought leadership space, and tap into new markets. It's the Boost Podcast. And now, here's Kelly Leonard.
1: Hello, and welcome back to the Boost Podcast. I'm your host, Kelly Leonard. Today, I'm chatting with Bola Adina. Bola is a speaker, business strategy and operations consultant, and CEO of MBA Growth Partners, where she's helped thousands of clients align their strategic goals with their day-to-day operations. Bola is known for helping her clients expand into new markets, build operational efficiencies, and track their business performance through metrics, leveraging their change management framework called Evolve. We cover all the parts of Boost during our conversation, so let's dig in. Here's Bola. Hi, Kelly. Thank you so much for having me. It is so good to have you back. For folks who are longtime listeners of the Boost Podcast, they may be familiar with the extraordinary Bola. But for those who are hearing your name for the first time, tell us a little bit more about yourself and the work that you do.
2: Yeah. So I am a business consultant. I work with small to mid-sized organizations as they are looking to align their strategy with their day-to-day operations. So what does that mean? Um, a lot of organizations, both in the nonprofit and for-profit spaces, have ideas of who they want to be. Um, maybe by the year's end, in three years, five years. So they have some goals, to, a vision for themselves. But what's difficult is um, how to operationalize that vision. Mm. Um, so what we do is we work with executives. Um, we come in and stand shoulder to shoulder with them as they think about, you know, how to really put the right initiatives, the right systems. The right processes, the right projects in place for them to really make sure that they are positioning themselves in the right way um, for the growth or anything else that they may be seeking. Um, So, yeah, that's what we do. Business advisory and
1: operations um, consulting. Excellent. And so I know a lot of what your organization does, too, is navigate change management and change management um, frameworks. So share a little bit more about what your organization is aiming to accomplish in its work.
2: Yeah. You know, we really Thought about the need to put in place change management and specifically to create a framework for how we undertake the support we provide to organizations as a result of just decades in the in the industry. So I've been in consulting, you know, all my career, 20 years now. And what I've noticed is um, the folks who are more poised for change, able to embrace Um, The initiatives that they're taking on, even though it's difficult, um, it may be a completely different way of working, um, leveraging new systems, new processes. Um, The folks that are better prepared and being able to take on that challenge tend to be more successful with whatever initiatives that they are putting into place. So what we quickly realized is, you know, a lot of times it's not for the lack of um, interest brain power, maybe not even resources um, that's an issue um, but just really the culture and um, sentiment around change. so the work that we do really incorporates um, the change journey throughout the pro- process so we're working with the executives as well as their team to bring them along and really get them um, excited, prepped and um, you know well resourced for what they're about to undertake so we remove the fear from it. Um, the the confusion, the anxiety that a lot of times change brings and really um, demystify the myths <laughs> that may come along with, you know, different types of new initiative and really help organizations um,
1: better absorb it so that they can um, be successful. Awesome. Thank you for that. And, and it was interesting when you mentioned something about, you know, the culture for change. Um, I'd be curious to know, like, are there certain characteristics that you see are typically prevalent in organizations that are perhaps more successful in being able to navigate change and or to just have this culture for change?
2: Yeah, I, mean, I think any organization can develop the culture for change, um, but it really starts with culture, as you said. So if an organization um, becomes comfortable with, you know, discomfort, <laughs> right, mm-hmm. you know, just as individuals, right? Um, whatever it is that we are looking to bring about in our lives, you know, number one, it's about that mind space that we create for ourselves. So if we generally have a culture to, um, you know, find the resources, the wherewithal within ourselves to be able to tolerate change, then we're better able to, um, you know, handle it and um, overcome whatever may come. And it's the same with organizations. I think just uh, being able to have a culture of resilience, um, Mm. you know, just being resilient um, towards change, but also cultivating the culture of just general um, comfort with discomfort right? Mm -hmm. There are lots of organizations where, um, there isn't as much tolerance for, um, exploration or getting things wrong. Um, but if you hire people who are smart enough to question things, to, um, you know, come up with ideas for what might be, or even be willing to explore the art of the possible, um, it may not be efficient, right? Um, it may not be the fastest route to the solution, but it'll certainly, um, be uh, a much more informed solution because you're bringing everyone along, you're asking questions, you're getting everyone comfortable with it. So I think it's a general um, comfort with discomfort as it um, relates to change, but also making sure that everyone is brought along on the journey. Um, so I think that's one thing. And then something else that I'll say is a lot of organizations forget the stakeholder management piece of it. Mm-hmm. You know, so j- just the journey um, management, the journey to change, how can we make sure that um, we understand what's in it for each of the different stakeholders? And it's going to be different depending on who it is. Um, What a board member wants is going to be different from what a staff member wants, which is different from what the executives want, different from what the um, clients and customers want. Mm -hmm. So it's being able to step back and, um, you know, think about what is in it for each of the stakeholder group. And making sure that the solution as well as the journey addresses all of that comprehensively along the way.
1: Now, I don't know if I was hearing things, but I could swear you said something about like developing a comfort for getting things wrong. Did I hear you? Mm. (laughs) <laughs> because I think, you know, even that in and of itself sounds really odd to probably. Well, I can't speak for the listeners, but for me personally, hearing the statement of getting things wrong. So can you can you share a little bit more about that? What's what's underneath of that?
2: Yeah, I mean, it's not necessarily advocating just do whatever and see what sticks, even though sometimes that may be the right solution. But it's really creating a culture where there isn't one right way mm-hmm. to solve a problem. Mm-hmm. I mean, where, um, you know, there's so much talk about diversity, inclusion, equity these days, and people learn in different ways. People show up to work in different ways, how they process things um, are different. But ultimately, we're all... Um, smart enough, um, especially when you've hired intelligent people who are passionate about the cause or the mission of the organization. Um, They may have a different approach, um, but we should be careful about um, labeling something um, not the right way or the wrong way. So I think just relaxing a bit on specific ideas around what's right and wrong and just allowing folks to bring um, number one, their most authentic selves to to work, which then allows for them to look at problems from their own lenses and perspectives um, and then be able to find ways to um, solve it for themselves. I think, you know, it's easy to feel like... Um, I don't want to speak up unless I have the right Mm, answer that mm -hmm. the boss is going to then deem the right way so that I can get rewarded. Mm -hmm. So that's that culture of getting it right, Mm -hmm. um, which is really dangerous and can stifle innovation, authenticity, collaboration, um it just stifles a lot of things when you're so gung ho on, you know, doing it right, you know, having the right culture. So I, I think that's really what um, you know, that notion lends itself more to is just allowing um creativity to um, you know, to freely sort of evolve and be a part of the, the process for, for rolling out these initiatives.
1: Yeah, I definitely appreciate that. And the diversity of thought and diversity of ideas. I, I know for, for me, I'm the type of person that I don't, you know, I know what the what is in terms of how you get there. I'm, I'm cool with like <laughs> you just figure mm-hmm. out how to get there, because certainly I feel like it then empowers people. And makes them have or helps them to have a greater sense of belonging that, you know, their ideas are um, are welcome, that they're appreciated and that they're celebrated also. So okay. now and you mentioned, um, you know, the the evolution or evolving the organization. And I know that's your change management framework is called Evolve, correct? Mm-hmm. So how yes, did you come yes. up with that name?
2: Yeah. You know, I, I think we really wanted to. um have organizations think about just operating at the next level so it's not necessary it's not necessarily you're not necessarily wrong for doing things the way you've done it however a lot of times what's gotten you where you are is not going to be what gets you Mm. to the next level right so I think you know the process of the evolution is a slow one right but it's one that you have to open yourself to so that you can think about what is a different way for us to approach things, um, and the evolve framework kind of just captures that. It um, it it allows you to just step back, think about all the different aspects of your organization. Um, you know, where do we need innovation? Where do we need to change? Where do we need more agility? Um, where do we need to bring different types of people into the organization? So hiring, um, you know, for a different type of role to get to different places. So the evolution, the evolved framework that um, we undertake with our clients really thinks about um, the organization um, comprehensively. And what are the resources, your people, your processes, technology, metrics, um, human capital, et cetera, that you need to leverage to really get to
1: that next level. Awesome. Thank you for that. Now, have you in your work more recently, are there particular themes or things that you're seeing bubble up because of just where we are? I mean, you talk about change. It feels like moment by moment we are living and breathing change, whether it's um, sort of workforce formation around hybrid versus virtual or folks going back into offices, things like that. So do you see um, particular themes that your clients are um, having to address because of kind of this new work uh, environment that, that we're living through right now?
2: Yeah, I think, um, you know, speaking of Evolve, right, we all have to evolve as a business community or even just as a human community, human mm-hmm. population, just how we work um, in general. So flexibility is huge, flexibility around policies. Um, so, you know, there's some organizations who are really just um, making a decision for everyone to return to work without necessarily considering the impact on the different types of employees that they have within their workforce, right? So, um, you know, th- that type of rigidity that's worked in the past is something that organizations have to rethink now just because it doesn't always work, especially when you think about, um, you know, just lack of um you know, talent in the marketplace. You know, it's so hard to hire for the right type of role with the right experience. So that just means that, um, you know, in order for you to get the talent that you need, you know, one needs to be flexible, and you have to meet um, the the talent at their place of, um, you know, needs, wants, etc. So I think it's flexibility on that front for organizations, but also for the employees and the individuals. It's also flexibility in terms of what um you know, work looks like um for them. So there are folks who have been a part of organizations for um a part of an organization for 20 years and they've always done something a particular way. Mm. But in order to be um employable, to be effective in the marketplace, all of a sudden now you need to learn a technology stack. You need to report your um work in a different way. Um, you need to manage multiple Um, responsibilities, not just um, be the marketing coordinator, but now maybe you need to write a little bit of grants and, um, you know, do a little bit of programming. So Mm. this flexibility that's needed across the board um, for employees who are um, in the workplace as well, because of the type of um, requirements that um, this um, business um, day and age requires of us. Um, And then I I would say, in addition, um, there are different ways that we're having to um, leverage innovations. Things are evolving so quickly that a lot of times, um, you know, we may have an idea for how we want to serve a particular market or how we want to roll out um, certain products and services to our clients. Um, but in order to be competitive, um, you know, you now have to pull back and think about all of the options available and once again, be flexible And, um, you know, to be able to adapt and adopt some of those that might be right for your organization.
1: Yeah, um, there's a ton to unpack in that, just in those last um, thoughts that you shared, um, just because of just, (laughs) yeah, it's an interesting time that we're in. And, and, you know, I know part of, I think from a, a human capital perspective, it's interesting that you had mentioned something about, um, talent or and or the lack of talent in the marketplace. It feels like there's like certain skill sets. There's like an abundance of talent while there there's a lack in others. And so it's just this really it's a really interesting dynamic. And I know the other thing that I find to be very interesting for a lot of employers is how do you even address um, performance and development in this environment where you've got some folks that are hybrid, some that are in person, um, some that are entirely remote, and certainly we'd like to think that all folks have a really strong work ethic, but at the end of the day, many don't, and so it's even how do you um, identify those folks who need to be either reskilled or upskilled, and or challenged just in a new and different way, because it's really easy to hide sort of. <laughs> To hide out behind a Zoom screen or to just sort of do the bare minimum. So it's an interesting time in terms of just talent and, um, and how we, yeah, just performance review and, and, and reviewing folks' performance and their contributions and or as an employee, how do you really thoughtfully ensure that Your people leader is aware of all the different ways that you can can contribute or are contributing in an organization because it's not as though you hear those glimpses of conversations like water cooler talk or walking down the hallway and having you know running across or seeing a group of people that are collaborating in a space. It's like you really have to either use your own imagination and or really just empower and equip your team members to just feel comfortable with sharing and um, sharing what they're doing day to day, because I find that some folks are really good at self advocating while others it's this, you know, Oh, well I'm shy or Oh, I don't want to self promote. That just feels some kind of way. But in this space where um, folks can be forgotten, if you will, um, it's really easy for people to just um, not be recognized for the great work that they're doing.
2: Yeah, no, that's absolutely right. I think, um, you know, th- there's a lot that the employee has to consider if they're going to um, be recognized and um, make sure that they don't fall behind when it comes to um, the valuable work that they're doing. But I think the burden is also on the the leaders. And oh, the managers absolutely. As well. Yes. Right. Yeah. So, so, you know, um, you know, the, the, in the past, you know, youth organizations were rolling out managers that perhaps would not the best equipped to lead mm-hmm. teams or, mm-hmm. um, you know, inspire people, get the best out of people um, just because, you know, there was a playbook that they could easily plug into. Um, but to your point, you know, some managers and leaders are having to lead multiple you know, generations all at the same time and, you know, different varied, you know, scenarios. Some of them are, um, some of their team members are in person, hybrid, mm-hmm. you know, just as you said, mm-hmm. and it takes a really skilled um, manager and leader to really get the best out of everyone. It is doable, right? But it just it means that, um, you know, you have to then involve, um, you have to um, be willing to invest in yourself, in your leadership skills. You have to be willing to evolve um, as a leader as well and think about what it means to be the best leader for your people and how to inspire them, you know, sometimes without direct influence. Right. Um, mm. Because a lot of times because of the dearth of, um, you know, talent in certain places, people have options. Right. Yes. So the threat, the threat of um, you may not have this job tomorrow if you don't perform is not one that is as, um, that holds as much teeth as it used to. So I I just think, um, you know, yes, the individual definitely needs to learn how to advocate for themselves and make sure that they are being seen and therefore rewarded for the value and contributions, um, but there's a huge focus and emphasis that I think organizations need to place on, um, you know, leadership development and making sure that they're putting the right people in those places because they could also easily make or break your human capital strategy. Oh, as well. so,
1: absolutely. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. Because people follow managers and, and people, right. oftentimes you may be miserable with the work that you're doing, but if you enjoy the people you're doing it with it makes all the difference in the world. So definitely agree. Absolutely. So Bola, if folks are listening in and they want to tap into your genius, what is the best way for folks to just reconnect with you?
2: Yeah, I am on all social media Platforms um, as well, Adina. Um, LinkedIn is a really good way to, um, you know, just connect, say hi, and um, you know, always willing to engage in these types of topics. Um, but you can also reach us on our website, NBAGrowthPartners.com. Um, um, and it's, we're also on all social media platforms on the same, um, handle as well. Um, MBA growth partners.
1: Awesome. Well, Bola, thank you for everything that you do to support small, medium sized businesses, as well as nonprofits. I know you do so much to support the community as well. So definitely appreciate you, my friend.
2: Thank you, Kelly. I appreciate all that you do as well. So, um, yeah, thank you so much for having me today. It's been a blessing. The Boost podcast serves an energetic community of business leaders, entrepreneurs, and individuals who are growth-minded. If you, your business, or organization would like to share your service, product, or expertise with the Boost podcast community, contact Kelly Leonard. Email kelly.leonard at taylor-leonard.com. Again, that's kelly.leonard at taylor-leonard.com. Mm-hmm.